0: Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Rick Sterling. Rick Sterling is an independent investigative journalist who just wrote an article at ConsortiumNews.com called Amnesty International Stokes Syrian War. Rick Sterling, welcome to Talk Nation Radio.
1: Uh, Good morning. Good to be here. Uh,
0: Thanks for coming on. Thanks for writing the article. Uh, What is it that Amnesty International is doing to stoke a Syrian war?
1: Well, one thing they're not doing is following their own um, guidelines for investigative uh, research. Uh, The uh, Secretary General of Amnesty International uh, has claimed that they uh, cross check they talk to all sides of a conflict they 're very careful about getting different points of view and they have their own people on the ground evaluating it and they didn 't do any of these things um, before coming out with this report which i 've refer- referred to as a kangaroo report uh, in the sense that it it appears that they they came uh, they had their conclusions that they wanted to uh, put out and then they uh uh they basically uh imagine or they pur- they they portray the report as an exhaustive investigation uh, interview with 84 people but when you start going below the surface uh it's it's clear they have no solid evidence and uh, even their their witnesses are all anonymous so
0: so, let's let's back up a second and tell people what this is about. Amnesty International put out a report about supposed uh, mass hangings and extermination policies by the Syrian government in a Syrian prison. Is that right?
1: That is exactly right, and it was all over the media last week. The report came out last, I believe it was last Tuesday, so uh, so one week ago, and it was uh, on. Uh, on uh, cNN it was on PBS it was on Democracy Now. it was broadcast very widely um, and yes, that's right. They basically are claiming that five to thirteen thousand uh, mostly innocent ordinary civilians were were uh, executed in mass hangings in uh, at Sednaya prison, which is uh, north of Damascus.
0: And they claim in the report to be quoting former prisoners, uh, which of course suggests that not all prisoners are hanged if there are former prisoners out there. But they claim to have interviewed 31 of them. They've got before and after, you know, losing weight, photographs of three of them. They claim to have talked with four officials or guards. You say they're using hearsay and Third-hand sources. Which is it? I'm confused.
1: <laughs> well, a couple, a couple of problems. One is that um, they're all anonymous. They don't give the names of any of, of their their eyewitnesses. Another problem is that they gathered those. They've got uh, photographs
0: bike. of three of them with their names on them.
1: Um. Those. Uh, okay. So so those uh, those three uh, those would be three exceptions then. Uh, um, and. So, okay, let's say that there are those three. Well, the, the people that, uh, the, they claim that they interviewed three judges, they claim that the four guards you're talking about, none of those people are identified.
0: Obviously, they could be lying. Obviously, Amnesty International is not some sort of saintly and, and organization with well, a, a perfect yeah, record. They, but don't, yeah. people, don't people sometimes need protection? I, I mean, don't people sometimes deserve anonymity?
1: sometimes they do that's that's uh, that's true uh but uh in this case it's pretty much across the board um i'll look at those uh, the, those photographs that that you know you refer to um and and uh, they, there's very little context given for the for those photographs and and they do not identify any of the when they list their uh, the people that they interviewed they they don't identify any of the people there uh so another, another important thing here is when they, they claim that they gather information from all sides of a conflict, and they did not do the, that in this case, and they haven't done it in their previous reports, they basically consult with groups like the Syrian Network for Human Rights, um, which has called for uh, military intervention in Syria, and that is basically funded uh, by the West. Um, and they call. Uh, they basically consult with groups that are explicitly on record as seeking the overthrow of the Syrian government. So I mean, it's fine to talk with those groups, but you should be talking with other groups that will present a different viewpoint. And this is what they claim to do, and this this is what they failed to do. Yeah. And within 48 hours of their report, um, Assad Abu Khalil's uh, website called the Angry Arab came up, produced a, a story by a, um, a Syrian dissident who had been a prisoner at saidnaya and he he contradicted all sorts of claims in the report. So this is the kind of thing that they, Amnesty International says they do that they did not do in this report, that is gather uh, testimonies of people from different um, sides of a conflict.
0: Yeah, one of the you you can tell us all the contradictions that you that you list in your article, but one point that's contradicted uh, is the idea that a martyr's cemetery. They show a photo. They show photographs of I think three different cemeteries, and one of them is called a martyr's cemetery. Uh, the the a uh, person that you're citing suggests that it's simply ridiculous that Syria would uh, bury its uh, it, people perceived as its enemies in a martyr's cemetery, and so in fact that actually is showing graves of Syrian members uh, right. of the Syrian military. I mean, can can you be sure of that? And what about and what about the other two cemeteries? And why does Amnesty International think it knows who's being buried where?
1: Well, we can be sure that the Syrian government isn't going to bury uh uh, uh people that they're executing in a martyr cemetery. That that you know that would be like uh you know burying uh you know somebody executed in the US at uh, at Arlington. Um it, uh, one uh, referring to some of the other another one of the cemeteries and and this is referring to the there are a few photographs satellite photographs in the report which i recommend listeners to look at for themselves it's it's not that long it's not that hard to read the whole thing um they've got a few satellite photos another another um uh, photograph shows a a cemetery and they estimate that there are 125 additional graves over five years, well, that's hardly exceptional um, to have one hundred and twenty five especially in the midst of a of a of a, of a war. Uh, so that doesn't prove anything Indeed. so the I think the main point was that those satellite images are are either meaningless or they're um, or they're ridiculous in the case of of showing the expansion of the martyr cemetery now that the the martyrs going back to the martyrs cemetery is cemetery. The satellite image showed that it had doubled in size. What that proves is that a lot of Syrian soldiers and uh, def- defense, uh, national defense force uh, fighters are dying, uh, and that's that's part of the reality of Syria that is never talked about, either by Amnesty International or generally in the West. That a huge number of Syrian soldiers have died have been, have died, fighting in defense of their country.
0: Right, of course the the. Uh... The article by Rick Sterling is Amnesty International Stokes Syrian War. To read Amnesty International's report, it's called Human Slaughterhouse, Mass Hangings and Extermination at Sadnaya Prison. Um, The the Amnesty International report also, as you state in your article, makes accusations against individuals without any evidence, including the religious leader, the Grand Mufti Ahmad Badreddin, Hassoun, who, as far as we know, publicly uh, has called for reconciliation, not advocated genocide. What's going on here?
1: Well, this is uh, another—basically, they give no evidence to back up their claim that that the Grand Mufti and the uh, defense minister— and one other official the army chief of staff are, th- are the three people who authorize each of these executions um they they basically supply no evidence they they just assert that and what i pointed out in my article is that uh the grand mufti i mean this is public record there are recordings of of the speech he delivered after his own son was murdered by the by the terrorists uh where he called for reconciliation where he called for peace, he, he actually forgave the, uh, the individuals who murdered his own son. Uh, so he, and and that is actually part of a very active reconciliation program in Syria, which is led by Ali Haidar, the Minister of Reconciliation, he's a cabinet minister, they have a very active program encouraging Syrians who have uh, been paid to fight on the opposition. To rejoin society and and settle their claims, and if they haven't been involved in uh, too extreme of atrocities, they're simply they they simply are accepted back in society. This is another thing that's ignored and which contradicts this really preposterous claim that um, that five to thirteen thousand ordinary civilians were hung. Mm. Uh, it ignores the fact that there's a brutal Western uh, brutal war uh... and invasion of syria going on uh... it's well documented that many tens of thousands of foreigners have gone to syria through turkey uh... all of them funded and paid and supported and supplied by the west and by the gulf states
0: yeah, some of the claims are pretty, uh, pretty hard to believe on their face. Uh, you know, 95% of the people uh, in this prison, ordinary civilians, uh, seems right. like it needs explanation. Um, other critiques of this report have looked at, you know, alleged punishments, uh, uh, sticking a head through a hole and having it stomped on as something that wouldn't be survived. Uh, you know, things that don't seem credible without serious evidence. Uh, and, the, and the evidence isn't there. Um, on the other hand, there, theres this is a, a report with a great deal of, of detail uh, as if a lot of research has been done. What is your what is your thinking or do you simply remain agnostic as to what the Syrian government is doing uh, with this prison? Uh, I mean, is the Syrian government not committing any sort of atrocities or, or do we just not know?
1: Well, I I I'm sure the the prison is a, is a prison and I wouldn't be at all surprised if there's not uh, there I wouldn't be surprised if there's torture going on there and and the conditions are brutal. Um they are in the midst of a of a brutal war and there's many videos showing out how um you know how the terrorists have uh, executed beheaded and so on and so forth it's a brutal war uh they and that uh, makes
0: it more or less likely or somehow excuses Well, atrocities I mean, execution, by execution
1: they they do uh they do execute there is a um a punishment of execution in in Syria and i'm sure they're carrying out some uh, i'm not going to be surprised if if they're carrying out uh, executions whether by hanging or or, or a bullet to the head, um, but the claim—that's not the claim of this report. The, the Amnesty International report is claiming that five to thirteen thousand ordinary civilians, largely ordinary civilians, were killed in mass hangings. That is—that's a big accusation that you need some really solid evidence for, and they have not provided solid evidence for that. It—it it even runs contrary to logic. I mean, why would the Syrian government be um, be uh, executing you know thousands of ordinary civilians? Um, most the other the other another important fact here is that most of the the, the huge uh, percentage of Syrian civil, civilian population is in government controlled areas. As soon as the terrorists take over an area, uh, the large number the large percentage of civilians leave. They depart. They go to where they're protected by the government.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, it seems implausible that exactly what amnesty claims is happening, but uh, the, the, logical, the, the logic they're looking for, I think, uh, is that the Syrian government is simply insane and engaged in genocide. The, the word that's repeated throughout the report is extermination, uh, with not just hangings but deprivation of food and medicine and so forth. Uh, are they not looking here for a charge of genocide?
1: Well, they, they could be. Uh, they seem to be trying to build a case for uh, for foreign, um, uh, you know, escalated foreign inter- intervention. And that's the real danger here. Uh, in in uh, very soon, a, at the end of February, there's supposed to be new negotiations taking place in Geneva. This is following on the Astana um, negotiations that took place. Uh, now, uh, you know, s- m- more Influential members of the opposition have decided to join the negotiations. Now, the question is whether the, the opposition is going to negotiate seriously or not. Uh, in the past, they've walked away from negotiations. When when uh, um, when the Syrian government has come to the table, the opposition typically, uh, and usually guided by there's so-called high negotiations committee, is basically influ- heavily influenced by Saudi Arabia, and they basically leave. Uh, they lay down a precondition: Bashar al-Assad has to step down before we'll talk. So they basically um, torpedo the negotiations. In the past, uh, another feature of past uh, negotiation efforts has been there has been a sensational charges will come out just in the preceding days or weeks. Um, accusing the Syrian government of some kind of atrocities. Uh, In 2014, February 2014, uh, Geneva negotiations were going to take place, and literally the day before the negotiations were supposed to happen, it was all over the media that um, a Syrian photographer, codenamed another, again anonymous, codenamed Caesar, had 55,000 photographs showing... The brutal execution in Syrian prisons of eleven thousand um, uh, detainees. Yeah, uh, this was a campaign funded openly funded by Qatar, and it had some um, some legal authority, some legal uh, some lawyers, basically lawyers for hire, had uh, said they had uh, looked at it and they authenticated it. Uh, This is referred to in the Amnesty International Report. Well, I investigated that and discovered that uh, there was all sorts of very strange stuff going on there. The photographs were, these 55,000 photographs were were never released to the public. Uh, A very small number of them were, but Human Rights Watch actually got access to the photographs, and they they had to acknowledge that almost half of the photographs ended up showing the opposite of what was claimed. Instead of showing uh, executed uh, prisoners, they showed actually killed Syrian soldiers and civilians who had been killed in car bombs.
0: Yeah. The... uh... The, the, the tricky thing here is to figure out what Amnesty International is after because their recommendations at the end of this report you know, recommend a referral to the International Criminal Court and, and seemingly use of the rule of law and investigations and so forth but they never make any reference to the fact that there's a war going on they never propose peace negotiations they don't openly propose escalation of the war or overthrow of the government um, but they say the U.N. Security Council must act. And we all know what that tends to mean in Western media. Uh, right. and, and there's a history that you mention in your article with the incubators and the babies in the Gulf War, with Gaddafi and the you know fraudulent charges of looming civilian massacre. What is, what is Amnesty International's record here? And, and do you think they're really pushing for steps toward an escalated war?
1: Well, I think Amnesty and the other big NGOs, such as Human Rights Watch, have played a very active role in in the conflict, and they're very—they um, basically uh, uh, do not talk about the role of the West and the Gulf in funding and arming and uh, basically organizing the—the uh, the, Attack on Syria. Uh, this is, uh, you know, by the Geneva Conventions. This is actually the supreme crime: is the initiation of war. And in the case Nicaragua took took um, took their case against the U.S. for funding and supporting the Contras in Nicaragua. They took it to the International Court of Justice at the Hague, and they won that case. Right. And it was after that that the the so-called International Criminal Court was created 15 years later and one of the roles of the International Criminal Court actually whether intentionally or not has been to undermine the International Court at The Hague. And so a lot of the talk now if you if you look at the reports of Amnesty or Human Rights Watch they never talk about who starts a war. Human Rights Watch did not even oppose the US invasion of Iraq. No, fact... uh, they did not oppose it, but they said that they said that the U.S. wasn't ready for the consequences of the war. So, and in the case of Amnesty International in this report here, they talk about a violation of humanitarian law and things like that, but they ignore the fact that Britain, of course, Amnesty is is uh, is based. It's it's large in the U.S. and it's large in the West generally, but it's. Its headquarters is in in the u k the u k has been involved in in supplying uh uh, uh militant factions in syria from the get go
0: yeah I've I've had discussions with some of Amnesty's top staff repeatedly over the years about this, and they take a principled what they call a principled position that they will ignore the existence of the UN Charter and the Kellogg-Briand Pact and any laws against war in order to address only the particular atrocities within a war. But then they will take out advertisements cheering for NATO's uh, ongoing war in Afghanistan, for example, and never right. never against a war never. For ending a war, uh, right. so uh, they, they, you know, but have they done? Have they done reports on atrocities by other parties in Syria as well? They
1: have. They have, they've done some reports on on um, you know the the uh, uh, detention uh, of uh, the imprisonment of Syrian civilians by the. By uh, opposition groups, whether it's the so-called Free Syrian Army or Jabhat al-Nusra, they've they've done some re- some reports, but those tend to get they don't get that much publicity, and the whole emphasis and uh, Amnesty will come right out and, and say explicitly that the majority of uh, detainees, the majority of of uh, uh, civilians killed, is is from the government side, and that is really disputed now. The important thing here is that they are not talking to all sides of the conflict. They're basically talking in southern Turkey to groups and individuals who are put forward by groups seeking the overthrow of the government. And here's our big point, that they aren't doing what they claim they uh, should be doing, which is talking to all sides and then finding out and cross-checking. Now, and so the the example of um, Nizar Nesuf, who was, uh, who was the Syrian dissident, who had been had spent time in said said Naya, he was contradicting. He even contradicted what you know, which was the main building was that the red building or the white building. He had all sorts of um, uh, uh, statements in there, and if Amnesty had done what they claim they do, um, they would have had contrary information that that would have given them more of a basis to be to find some accurate findings. Um, anybody who goes to Syria and travels around and talks with people on the street randomly, will very soon learn that there is overwhelming support for the government there. Uh, not that they're in love with the Ba'ath Party or necessarily with Bashar al-Assad, who, he, who is, you know, he's popular, but not everybody likes the Ba'ath Party. They certainly don't like the security services, but they hate, they hate the terrorists. They hate the, the groups that have been funded by the West and the Gulf that have destroyed their country.
0: Yeah, well, the, I mean, all this context is missing from Western media in general, um, and and peace activists right. go to Syria, former Congress members, current Congress members go into Syria. Amnesty International says it can, it's not allowed in. Uh, but it, it, the question of the accuracy of this report, uh, it, you know, seems to be a, a separate question, uh, and it, it's uh, it's very hard to say uh, without. Without other reports, uh, what exactly right. is? Well,
1: even they, do, they don't have to go into Syria. Uh, they are suspect. Uh, the Syrian government, uh, you know, suspects they're up to no good. Suspects that they're basically working for the enemies of of Syria. Uh, and you can look at some evidence to to back that up. For example, the role that Amnesty International's reports and accusations made leading up to the NATO you know, overthrow of the Libyan government and then going back to the Gulf War one, But Amnesty would not, they don't have to go into Syria. They don't have to talk with Syrian officials or people there. They could talk with all sorts of groups. There are lots of groups. There's the Syria Social Club in the U.K. that is basically comprised of Syrians who, uh, who could have put them in contact with people. Um, and uh, that's why the, the individual who came forward within 48 hours of their report, uh, refuting major elements of it, you know, that Assad Abu Khalil was in contact with.
0: Has, has um, Amnesty replied to any of those statements that have come out since the report?
1: No. no. Well, the report just came out, as we said, a week ago, and it was widely publicized last week. Uh, It was actually, and Amy Goodman on Democracy Now! interviewed the co-author of the report uh, last, uh, I believe it was Thursday, that's Nicolette uh, Waldman, Um, but it was a very uncritical interview. Um, And so uh, there has not, it has not, uh, I mean, there's been critiques of it, and my article has been published in several places. Yeah. But they they actually need to be held to account because Amnesty International has done a lot of good research and done a lot of good reports over the years. It, it has a good reputation. It has a huge you know war chest. They've got uh, their budget. Their annual budget is in the hundreds of millions. Yeah. Um, I, it, so they uh, but they need to be held to account and they need to. Um, if they are being biased, uh, that needs to be uh, that needs to be talked about and corrected. And the same, I would make the same um, uh, suggestion regarding democracy now.
0: It, it, it seems to me the important point here is that even if a speck of it is true, even if Syria has tortured a single person or murdered a single person, that's too much. But no matter what they've done, uh, there's no legal or moral or practical justification for escalating a war and making everything even worse. Uh, so you know we ought to get the facts right, but not use them as as war propaganda. And we we have just a couple minutes left. But Amnesty also put out a cartoon video to accompany this report, uh, depicting uh, Syrian evil. Is that is that part of their normal routine?
1: well sadly they seem to be relying more and more on on uh, gimmicks like that and gra- expensive graphic reproductions they did a big expensive graphic um uh, uh re- you know uh graphic creation of the which they purported to be the prison based on sounds and so forth and the but the the cartoon is it's literally a cartoon and it it, the cartoon basically portrays this story of a, of, a, of a peaceful protester who was a nice family guy, and he went to a couple of peaceful protests. Then he got arrested, and he ended up getting hung at Sednaya. Yeah, yeah. Well, thirty seconds I mean, left. This is the this is the narrative that it's the Syrian government abusing and killing innocent Syrians, and they leave out the fact that there is a war going on, the war of aggression that there's. Over 100,000 armed militants who behead people, who attack, who do car bombs, who launch mortars into civilian areas every day, Um, and they are ignoring that.
0: Yeah, they are, and Western media is ignoring it, And although it does not justify, uh, in my view, any violence uh, from the other side. Uh, Rick Sterling, uh, terrific of you to question uh, this report and point out the contradictions and the doubts. uh, Greatly appreciated. Thanks for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Yeah, my
1: pleasure, David.
0: Please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.